0: Good morning. It is now January 8th, which means it's the 8th day of our New Year's resolution. So how are we all doing? Well, oh, it sounds like we're doing good. Okay, good. Uh, this morning I want to talk about good works and what this phrase is all about. Um, we as Christians hopefully are good people. We're hopefully known as being good people. Uh, but the question that I want to ask this morning is, is why. Uh, what is the purpose of doing good works So I don't have any sermon notes for you this morning, but uh, there is pieces of paper and a pen in front of you. So feel free to take that. Uh, I'm going to give you just a, a minute or so to answer this question for yourself: What is the purpose of doing good works? Give her a hand. Thank you, Sasha. I think we'll have better answers because of your. Okay, so we probably have about 200 different answers in this room right now. I'm going to talk about two approaches to this question. Uh, first, I'll deal with a religious approach, and then I'll deal with a Christian one. Uh, so, let's go. With, a religious answer would sound something like this. Uh, the purpose of doing good works is to become acceptable to god uh to earn salvation and eternal life uh to earn god's favor and blessing on my life and if you notice one thing about these uh it's all about earning or acquiring something for yourself and and a lot of people think that they have to earn god's approval before uh, he will accept them and save them i think this is pretty natural for us to think uh do you ever feel that you need to fix yourself up before you pray um or that you have to clean your house before you invite God to come over? Do you feel that there are just a lot of things that you need to change before you can even approach God? If you feel that way, then it's possible that you understand good works as a process of cleaning your house, so to speak, Uh, striving to do good things so that when God comes over, the place won't be a mess. Uh, And this is a primary function of many religions, by the way. It's the process or method of earning salvation or earning God's approval. Uh, But one thing about this, it's very much about the individual. It has little to do with other people. And in a really strange way, if you think really hard about it, it has little to do with God. So to simplify this this religious approach, uh, we'll just look at this here. I do good things, therefore I'm saved. Accepted, blessed. Now, what does the Bible have to say about about this view? Galatians 3, 2 says this. This is Paul talking to the church in Galatia. Uh, Did you receive the Holy Spirit by keeping the law? Of course not. The Holy Spirit came upon you only after you believed the message you heard about Christ. Have you lost your senses? Can you imagine getting a letter and him saying, have you lost your senses? After starting your Christian life, lives in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your, by your own human efforts? We go down to verse 5. I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law of Moses? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. And down to verse 9. All who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. So that's pretty blunt. Um, So I think it's safe to say the Bible does not advocate uh, this one view of good works. In fact, it it warns us against it. Your actions do not save you. Jesus saves you. Uh, But then some people do this. Uh, So good works don't save me. So let's just get rid of good works altogether. And I am saved, and that's it. Uh, But that's not good either because good works still has a place in the Christian's life. It was just in the wrong spot. So what if we just switch it around a bit? I am saved, therefore I do good things. Uh, And and this changes things drastically. First of all, salvation is the beginning rather than the end. Uh, When Jesus was explaining salvation, he used the metaphor of being born again. Uh, Being born, that's a beginning. That's the beginning of a whole new life. Um, A whole new life that's awaiting for us. So good works is simply the content of the good life that salvation brings. Good works is simply the content of the good life that salvation brings. I want to make three points about, or three reasons why Christians do good works. Uh, the first one is, uh, Christians are involved in good works because they care about restoring their communities. Exodus 19, 46, six says this. This is God talking to you, Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth. For all the earth belongs to me, and you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. Now, notice that uh, he doesn't, God doesn't say, if you obey me, then I will save you from Egypt. That had already happened. Um, and they didn't do anything to deserve that either. They were just, he just saved them. He heard the cries of his people, and he saved them. This was after he saved them from Egypt. God, rather, is saying, obey me, then I will restore this world through you. In fact, it is the very way in which this world is restored. Uh, Remember when the disciples were asking Jesus, how do we pray? And Jesus answered uh, like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it already is taking place in heaven. And there's a focus on this place, on earth. What is the kingdom of God? It is God's sovereign rule over the hearts of man. And when God is king of your life, things begin to grow again. Restoration takes place in and around you. It's not just for you, but it also takes place around you as well. The point God was making to Israel was, if you obey my commands, you'll be the way in which I restore the world around you. Michael Gristanti puts it this way. Uh, God presents Israel with a unique and sobering question. Doubtless, their conformity to the law would have caused them to be a distinct nation among the pagan nations of the world. However, their distinctiveness was not an end in itself. From the very outset, this divinely intended distinctiveness carried with it worldwide implications. By conducting their lives in conformity with the demands of the law, the nation of Israel would have been able to function as God's servant nation, representing God in his character before the surrounding nations of the world. The law, good works, moral Christian behavior, however you want to put it. It has a point. I was saying before that the religious understanding of, of good works, it was really about uh, themselves and it was, it was an end for themselves. Um, but for the Christian, it's bigger than themselves. It involves the community around them because God cares about communities. He doesn't just care about individuals. He cares about Brandon, not just individuals inside of Brandon. So a Christian's good works changes the environment that they are in. Obedience to God results in a change in the environment. Uh, now this isn't, (laughs) it's not like, uh, if you obey the Bible in isolation, everybody around you with a hundred mile radius will start smiling more often. It's, It's not like that. Uh, but if God's laws have a point, if you become obedient to God, you will end up helping people without even meaning to. Have you ever experienced this? Uh, you're just trying to be obedient to God and you're, and, uh, you're just living your day and all of a sudden you're just helping somebody without even realizing it. Uh, God will start using you in really unpredictable ways and half the time you won't realize it. And it's, it's, <laughs> he uses you in so many unpredictable ways, things you won't even anticipate, but he'll use, but he'll use you. Uh, this was always the goal. Israel was to be obedient to God so that they would be a light to the world around them so that all nations would see the glory of God. It is the same with the church. The church is to bring a positive change to the environment that they are in. Uh, one thing that I find really interesting about Jesus is is how he chose to spend his 33 years on this earth. Uh, he didn't start his official ministry until he was 30. Um, we don't really know why, but I'm sure it was on purpose. Uh, but just think about it: God came to earth for 33 years, and for at least 10 of them, he probably spent as a carpenter making chairs, tables, houses, whatever a carpenter makes. Why would God do that? Why would God come to earth and do that? Uh, Because when he came to earth, he didn't come to a sinking ship. He came to a world he plans on inhabiting. He came to a world that he plans on restoring. And not just individuals, but all of creation. Jesus is committed to this world, so much so that when he came to this place, he started building things. Like, that's got to mean something, right? Uh, At the very least, it means that Jesus cares about this place. And he wants to see his creation restored. And I think the church should wish that as well. Point number two that I want to make, uh, Christians are involved in good works because it's the process of doing good works that we become who we really are. So my sermon is called Created to Do Good Works. Uh, That implies something. Uh, Let's look at Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. God saved you by his grace when you believed. This is Paul talking again to the church in Ephesus. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. In other translations it says handiwork. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. He has created us... A new in Christ Jesus, so that we can do the good things that He has planned for us long ago. It's like before we were Christians, or I'll use a different term, before we were created anew, before we were spiritually revived and resurrected, we could not properly be ourselves. Well, when we look at this world, most people will, will understand that it's not really the way it should be. And if you look really hard at yourself, you'll say the same thing. Uh, and why do we feel this? It's because we are not our original selves. It is only when we are created anew. It is only when Jesus enables us to do the good things that he has planned for us long ago. It's only then that we are truly authentically ourselves. And I find that exciting. I find that extremely motivating to do good things. All of a sudden, obedience to God is not a cold concept, but a life-giving one. The opportunity to obey God is a gift because it is an opportunity to become who we were created to be, as Ephesians 2, 8-10 to Indicates Uh, one of my favorite authors is uh, G.K. Chesterton. He's he's a writer. He was from the '30s um, in the UK, and he just had a really interesting um, point of view on life and the Christian life. So let's bring that up. This has kind of been mid thought, but we'll we'll figure it out. And my haunting instinct was that somehow good or goodness was not merely a tool to be used, but a relic to be guarded, like the goods from Crusoe's ship. So what he's talking about, uh, Robinson Crusoe, it was a book, a fiction novel, and it was about the guy who got uh, shipwrecked. And uh, when he got shipwrecked on this island, he just gathered as much as he could from the ship. So candles might not be too interesting to you until you are shipwrecked. Then they're really important, right? And, and that's kind of what he's trying to explain here. Goodness, it's not merely a tool, to be used, but it's also a relic to be guarded. It's, some, it's, kind of a, it's a symbol, it's a reminder of who you are. Even that had been the wild whisper of something originally wise. For according to Christianity, we were indeed the survivors of a wreck, the crew of a golden ship that had gone down before the beginning of the world. And what he's talking about, the golden ship being Eden, the shipwreck being the fall. He's trying to, he's trying to get something across, and what he's saying is goodness is a part of who we originally are. Good works is not just a tool, but it's the way in which we recapture who we were created to be. And the third point that I want to make is this. Christians are involved in good works because it is a way that we respond to God. Now, let's go back to the Old Testament again. Let's look at Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 6. And we see Moses uh, reminding Israel the Ten Commandments. And, And after reminding them, he says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you. So Moses, Moses sees uh, the obedience to God's commands and love going hand in hand. But he's not the only one that talks like this in the Bible. Uh, John also talks like this in First John. First John two and three says this, and how can we be sure that we belong to Him by obeying His commandments? If someone says, I belong to God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and does not live in the truth. But those who obey God's word really do love him. That is the way to know whether or not we live in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Christ did. Let's jump down to uh, chapter 3, verse 10. Anyone who does not obey God's commands and does not love other Christians does not belong to God. Again, obedience and love go hand in hand. Uh, and we'll go down to verse 18. Dear children, let us stop just saying we love each other. Let us really show it by our actions. What are Moses and John getting at? It's basically this. Love must have an outward expression. Uh, when, I, when I went to Bible college, um, one thing that we talked about, how do the Old Testament and New Testament work together? They seem like two different books. Uh, They seem like they're saying different things, but they aren't. And this is one thing that they are completely in sync with. Uh, Love and obedience go hand in hand. Obedience is the outward expression of love. And so moral behavior, obedience to God, this is the outward expression of what's going on inside. John talks about how we can know how we belong to him by obeying his commandments. And, And it's really important. This is a way we can respond to God. A lot of times people wonder, how can I get God's attention? When I pray to God, I, it doesn't seem like he's hearing me. Um, how can I somehow interact with God? Well, this is one way. This is an expression. This is a response to what God's already done for you. Uh, one thing you've got to realize about God is that he, he's been around for a long time, right? Longer than you have. And he's actually been around when you were born. So whenever you speak to God, it's not like you're trying to get his attention. You're actually responding to what he's already doing in your life. He's always doing something in your life. He's always doing he's been doing something in Brandon ever since it 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 came to be. And so uh it's it's funny. If you seek to do something in Brandon, you're not really the pioneer. God's the pioneer. He's always been doing something. You're just coming alongside of what God has already wanted to do. And Ephesians says that He has created you anew in Christ Jesus so you can do the good things that he planned for you long ago. He's already got a plan. And if you want to do something for your community, know that you're not doing it alone. God's always wanted to do something too and he's just excited that that you want to as well. Great, let's do something. So so, so that's really important to notice that. And uh, good works is a response to God. It is how we... Respond in gratitude to what God has already done for us. It's how we respond to the salvation that he's already brought us. One thing John isn't saying is, uh, obedience is how you prove to others who you are. Uh, that's missing the point. It's like it's like the guitarist who comes up here and, and is really concerned about how he looks, so he's playing and really concerned about how everybody sees him, versus the guitarist who... Uh, is really into it and loves what he's doing, there's a world of difference, right? Uh, Good works should not be about appearance or impressing anyone. It should be about a response to God and about giving gratitude to him. Uh, Rather, good works should be getting lost in the music. It should be something that you just get lost in, something that you're doing because you actually want to respond to God, something you want to do because you actually want to impact your community, something you want to do because you actually feel that it is what you were created to do in the first place. Worship team, you can... Oh, where are you? You can come up as as I uh, close. Uh, I believe that uh, good works should be understood as a gift, not a, uh, a something you need to do in order to earn something. It's a gift. It's a response to what God has already done in your life. It's, because, it's how we become ourselves, who we were originally created to be, it's how we engage in community. It's how we respond to God in love. The reason why good works in obedience is not cold and lifeless is because it's not done in isolation for the purpose of saving ourselves. Obedience involves God and involves the community around us. It's life-giving. And it's, it's the way that the church acts out in the kingdom of God, in this world. It's, it's how we start doing really what we've always wanted to do in the first place. Being obedient to God and, and doing what He's planned, us, planned for us to do in the first place is really a fulfill, fulfilling thing. and uh, It's how we impact our communities as well. So, so I'm just going to pray as she plays. Dear God, I thank you that that you saved us, that we didn't need to do anything for it. We just needed to accept the free gift of your salvation. You heard the cries of your people, and you came and saved us. So we want to thank you for that. But I pray that we as a church, we'd understand that's not the end of the story. That's just the, that's the beginning. It's the beginning of a new life. And so I pray that throughout this week, we'd look for opportunities to, to bless this community. To restore this, uh, the community around us, pray that we would look for opportunities to respond to what you've done in our own lives. And I pray that we would look for opportunities to do what you've created us to do in the first place. And I pray that we see good works as a life giving thing. You name it, man.